Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. Looks like a school assembly, except they're more responsive. <laughs> You're very welcome to church this morning, and welcome to our service, and it's a delight to see everyone here. And if you're a visitor in here this morning and you're joining with us, it's a joy to see you. And thank you for coming and joining with us. Just want to say a welcome to everyone at home as well. Uh, and if you're joining us for the first time from home, great, thank you. And if you're one of our regulars, thank you again. So it's great to see everyone here. Also want to say a welcome to the pulpit this morning to the Reverend Alvin Little. Alvin and his wife Linda have been worshiping with us regularly now for quite some time and it's great this morning to see Alvin up in the pulpit. So Alvin, great to see you up there. We're looking forward to hearing from you this morning. Thank you so much for taking our service. Now there are some announcements and we're looking for some help. Well, is that unusual in the church? No, it's not. But we need some, so I'm asking you to think carefully and pray about this. But the BB and Guards Association really need some leaders. They lost some leaders at the end of last session, and they need some leaders. So I'm asking you, would you consider it prayerfully, please? Would you think about how you could just make a difference there, how you could help? And if you can do something for them, have a word with Karen. Karen's a captain and she will accept all the help that can be offered. So I'm leaving that with you this morning, but please, please think about what you can do. Now a reminder, the reminder is that the Reverend Shaw is in holiday, well you know that by now obviously, but he doesn't return until Saturday the 10th of September. So if there's any need in the interim for any particular help, please contact one of the elders or you can contact me and we will see what we can do to help you. Now, I want to share some information with you. And it's this, that there's a member of our congregation, a lady called Mrs. Margaret Charles. Some of you may know her. But sadly on Thursday, Margaret's daughter-in-law, Sharon, passed away. Now, Sharon's funeral is going to be here from Ballycrocken this Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. Her minister, the Reverend David Clausen, will be here to take the funeral service. So we extend our prayers and our sympathy to Sharon's husband, Andrew, to her mother-in-law, Margaret, and to that complete family circle. I share this with you because I don't want somebody saying, there was a funeral from church this morning we didn't know who it was. So I'm sharing it with you, and we send our sympathy and our prayers to the bereaved family. These are the announcements this morning. Alvin, we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Good. Thank you, Bella. It's uh, very different being up here than it is uh, being down there in the congregation with you as Linda and I have been this last um, few weeks. But my heart, my, my passion, whether I'm down there or up here, is exactly the same. And, and my heart this morning is just to lead you quietly and, and yet powerfully and into the Father's presence as we worship. And my heart is to lead you in a way that Jesus himself comes amongst us as we worship and that you begin to sense something of his loving nearness to you and he becomes more real, more precious to you than ever. And my heart is to lead you in such a way that you will want to go out of here just more fully surrendered to God's loving reign and rule in your life. And that you go out to live life this week ready to shine Jesus and to share Jesus and to spread the good news of Jesus with your family and with your friends and, and your neighbours. And today we're taking a look at a story that's reasonably well known, well known to, to church and goers. And it's a story of Peter as he responds to that ridiculous invitation um, from Jesus to step out of the boat and to walk on the water. Like, do you believe that? Like, do you believe that anybody could walk on water? Like, how mad is that? Like, how crazy is that? Like, Linda thinks I'm crazy because I go sea swimming, uh, you know, at Port of Vaux. But, but there's a difference between sea swimming and sea walking. There's a big difference between those two things. That's a different level of madness. 
And so the encouragement that I have for you is up on, on the PowerPoint. And this is it for today. Don't settle for safe. When Jesus is inviting you today to step out in faith. Don't settle for a safe life when Jesus is inviting you to step out in faith. And, and um, you know, let's personalize that. Can you say this out loud with me? Um, I will not settle for, for, for safe. So after three, one, two, three. I will not settle for safe when Jesus is inviting me to step out in faith. And let's say it together collectively as a, as a congregation. After three, one, two, three. We will not settle for safe when Jesus is inviting us to step out in faith. Let's not do that. Let's not just settle uh, for sin. Because there's so much more. There's so much more. May I pray with you? And just as we begin, and then we'll use a hymn of worship. And I long for us, I long for us to experience the presence of Jesus. Father in heaven, we count it the greatest privilege and the greatest joy of our lives to gather and worship. But Lord, we desperately need the breath of your spirit to make us come alive and, and our worship come to life this morning. And so, Holy Spirit, we're asking you, breathe fresh breath of life into our hearts and minds and spirits so that we are flooded with expectancy and faith and that we come afresh to some point in this, in this service when we lovingly surrender ourselves afresh to you. Lord, it's you that we've come to worship. It's your presence that our souls ache for. So would you come, would you come, would you come and have your way amongst us in this room this morning? Can you say that just quietly in your heart to the Lord? Lord, come and have your way in me this morning. Because we love you, Lord. We just love your presence and we love that that, that sense that your presence brings to us as we worship. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Will we do that? Will we worship to God be the glory? Great things he has done, so loved he the world that he gave us his son. Let's stand, let's worship with joy together.
So when I came down because my eyesight's so bad, I can't read the screen at the back, so at least I can uh, read those ones uh, up there. So when I was at school about 90 years ago, um, uh, one of the things I loved was playing football. Loved it at uh, uh, lunchtime or, or you know, in, in pee or whatever, you know, when they were picking sides for football, and I would stand in the group, and the two guys, the two captains, would be there picking the teams, and, and I'd be looking at them and with my eyes, I'd be saying, "Pick me, pick me," you know, because it was such a great feeling just to hear them call your name, say, "Alvin, come on." You're my team. Brilliant. I love that. Absolutely love that. Like, I wonder if I just picked you today at random and said to you, would you come up and join me here? And I don't want to do anything silly. I don't want to do anything daft. I don't want to embarrass you. But would anybody willing to come up and join me here? Any boy, any girl, any teenager, any older person? Anybody like to come and join me? I do have sweets, uh, so, <laughs> so if you're a boy or a girl and would like a sweet, uh, if you want to come up and eat, all you do is come up and join me and get the sweet and go back down again. So any boy or girl like to do that? No? One's being forced here, so that's... There you are. There you are. Any... Any adults? Because uh, I do have... <laughs> So you can have your pick of arrow, dairy milk, or twirls, dairy milk, yeah. Anybody else? Anybody? No? You're mad? It's like these are free. This is great. You know. Isn't it funny, isn't it, though? You know, look, I'm giving you a free offer. No, no, there's no catch to it. We just don't want to step out. Because we're going to be, yeah, if you're a child here and you didn't come forward, at the end, you just come forward and steal one, okay? So, <laughs> so the story in, in, in the, the book is this, in the Bible, is that um, the disciples are in a boat and, and it's the middle of the night, it's somewhere between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. I don't know if you're ever up at that kind of unearthly hour of the morning, but... Uh, and, and in the darkness, they see this figure coming, walking, and Peter says, Jesus, if it is you, I can't really see, but if it is you, would you come? Would you tell me to come to you, come out of the boat and walk to you? Here's a wee video, I, I think it's a cracker wee video. You can watch these at home on YouTube, if, uh, you know, if you have children or grandchildren. They're called Saddleback Kids. There's about 90 of them. They're just the most incredible videos, so I think we'll watch it. Stories of the Bible. Peter walks on water. This is Peter. Hey! Peter was a fisherman who was called by Jesus. Hey. Peter saw the many miracles of Jesus. Whoa! And he heard all his teachings. Great crowds followed Jesus wherever he went. One day after Jesus had done a great miracle, he sent the disciples in a boat across the lake while he stayed and sent the people home. See ya! Hey, Jesus! After sending them home, Jesus went up into the hills by himself to pray. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! Hold on there. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Hmm. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. So Jesus said, Yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat. Whoa! and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, ah, ah! he 
was terrified and began to sing. Grandpa, help me! Save me, Lord! He shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. Jesus said, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him and said, you really are the son of God. Super story, isn't it? Do honestly though, if it had been me, if I'd been one of those disciples in the boat, I would not have been looking at Jesus. In case he looked past Peter and invited me to step out, just like you, none of you would step out there now. My eyes would have been down on the floor in case Jesus picked me. Like what if Jesus picked you today? What if Jesus said to you, will you come, will you step forward, will you do whatever I ask you to do in Ballycrocken this week? Would you take a risk? Would you step out and would you follow me? Would you speak to your neighbour? Would you um, come alongside that person that, uh, just, that you meet with? Uh, and what do you do when Jesus says that? Do you look down and say, oh, Jesus, no, not me. I, I'm not good enough and I, I'm not very good at this. I could never do that. Or, or do you say, Jesus, wow, yes. I'm all in, Jesus. Take me, use me, do whatever you want with me this week. You know, whatever you ask me to do, Jesus, the answer is yes. Like I have this prayer that I pray with Jesus and, and I say, Jesus, whatever the question you ask me is, the answer is yes. So whatever you want me to do, before I know what you want me to do, the answer is yes, Jesus. Give me grace. I want to say yes to you. Would you do that this week? Would you say that to Jesus this week? Jesus, whatever you want me to do, reaching out, touching that person, going over, chatting to that person, going around and helping that person, speaking of you, Whatever the question you ask me to do, Jesus, the answer is yes. yes. And before the boys and girls go out to Sunday club or Bible class or crash or whatever, just one wee song. It's just a wee song for you to take in. It's called, so you don't have to sing it. You just uh, can just go with the words. The words, I, I, I love the, the song. I love these words. It's called The Goodness of God. It's just kind of like we opportunity to back over our lives and say, Lord, all of our lives have been faithful. All of our lives have been so, so good to us. And so with every breath that I'm able to take, I want to sing of the goodness of God. So just sit, take this in. Just sing with it in your heart. And just...
if I had some of you up here chatting, you could tell stories of God's goodness to you over uh, the years and through many a hard time. I know that you have stories uh, to tell. So, um, boys and girls, I'm going to crash Sunday club, Bible class. Just feel free to do that, please. Just feel free to move and do that now. Great. And the rest of us can say hello to each other just beside each other. Just why we do that. So. I love books and uh, I, I love uh, reading books and I love it when people give me free books. You know, I go to a conference and the, the uh, guy who's a speaker says, I've got a free book. Anybody want to come up and get it? I'm first out of the seat. I'm not joking. I'm just such, uh, I just love something free. So uh, that's true, isn't it, Linda? Yeah, sadly true. So uh, here's a couple of free books. You don't have to come up and get them now, but I'll just leave them down the steps. One, they're both by John Ortberg. I think they're really easy uh, to read. So this one uh, deals with uh, the story that we're looking at today. I didn't look at it for this uh, today, but I've read it and I love it. It's called, If You Want to Walk on Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat. So, uh, and this one's called, When the Game is Over, It All Goes Back in, in the Box. At the end of our lives, all our toys have to go back in the box. Because when we die, we take nothing with us. And so uh, all those toys and all those things that are really important to you, they're going to just be put in a box, aren't they? All the toys go back in the box. So I'll leave those down on the steps, and if you, uh, if you want them, they're free. Just take them, read them, or do whatever. <laughs> Let me read you. I've been reading this uh, over the summertime, Linda and I have read How to Hear God and Speak uh, by Pete Gregg. Pete's script is just so easy uh, to read. It's about listening to God. And, and he tells us an incredible story because God's doing some amazing things uh, around the world today. And new Christians are taking some incredible risks to step out and serve God. So here's a story of a girl called Azrin. She's from Iraq. It's probably back from the 70s or 80s, but it's a part story. Azrin grew up in northern Iran, sorry, Iran, not Iraq, where six of her cousins were killed by the ruling Ayatollah's forces, and with whom the Kurdish Iranians were at war. Her earliest memories, uh, therefore, are, are of playing in the cemetery where her mother would go to mourn. And then at the end of six, at the age of 16, Azrin was arrested, accused of crimes she had not committed, and forced to sign a declaration of guilt. I had done nothing wrong, and still they held me guilty, she said, and I detected a flicker of fire in her eyes. These people had killed my cousins. Now they were accusing me of crimes I have not committed. And so I decided I might as well go and do the things that had forced me to confess, and I would travel up to the mountains of Iran and join the Kurdish militia. Up to this point, Azrin had always uh, attended the mosque to pray, but she said Allah had never responded to her. And as communists, the Kurdish militia denied God's existence, and Azrin began to wonder where they write. Either God was going to speak to me, she said, with a flash of that same fire in her eyes, or I would have nothing more to do with him. And so I gave God an ultimatum. She grinned. I told him that he had seven nights to speak to me, or else I was finished with him. On the seventh night, just before bed, Azra reminded God of the looming deadline. Either you appear to me tonight, she said, or that's it. I will live the rest of my life as if you don't exist. And that night she had a dream. She dreamt that she was in a fast, a fast reception room full of many people, feeling all alone until she recognized a man in front of her leaning against the wall. It was uh, Isa, Jesus, the holy, highly honored um, prophet in the Quran. But of course, as a Muslim, not the son of God. He was standing so close I could feel his breath, she said, and all around him there was this brilliant light. Nervously, Azrin addressed Jesus. She told him that she was here to talk to God. He looked straight back at me and said the strangest thing. He said, talk. 
No, I protest and you don't understand. I need to talk to God. Again, Jesus looked at me and said, talk. And then very slowly, uh, he repeated the most astounding phrase to me. He said to me, I am God. I am God. I am God. And Azrin's face seemed to be shining with the memory. And as I heard this, she whispered, all doubt drained away from my tired heart. We talked and talked and talked, and I poured out my heart to him, to God in Jesus. And for the first time in my life, I experienced God speaking back into my life. When she awoke from her dream, she hurried to share the news with the local mullah, kind of equivalent to a, a minister in the mosque. But he told her angrily that Jesus could not be God. Next she told her family, but they just laughed at her. And then one day she was sitting in a park far from home. A stranger came up to her and gave her a New Testament in the Persian language. It was the first Bible I had ever seen, she said. The stranger also invited her to church where she was amazed to hear uh, the preacher say that God is love. And reading her new Bible in the park afterwards, Astrid finally found the words that made sense of her dream, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No wonder Jesus had said to her, talk. And right there, sitting in the park, Azrin acknowledged Jesus Christ as Son of God. And as she did so, she experienced an unfamiliar sense of flood, of hope flooding into her body, displacing the many years of despair. And so Pete um, said to her, well, what did you do? Like after you became a follower of Jesus? <laughs> oh, she laughed. I, I didn't join the Kurdish militia. I didn't want to kill people anymore. I wanted to bring life. So I trained to plant churches instead. Of course, I, I said encouragingly, pretending, well, that's precisely the kind of thing that every woman does in Iran. And well, how's it going? I said to her. Well... Um, I've planted five churches so far. Five churches. Isn't that a bit dangerous in Iran? I asked. Asrin fixed uh, her eyes on me with a steady gaze. Pastor Pete, she said, I was willing to die fighting to kill for the Kurdish militia. Don't you think it's much better if I die fighting for Jesus Christ? Well, isn't that amazing? A new follower of Jesus with a real passion to reach out and, and just share Jesus. Iran, you know, is a really dangerous place to be a Christian, and yet it's the fastest growing church in the world. Fastest growing. Many, many people from Muslim backgrounds are, are, are coming to faith in Jesus. Amazing. I don't know if any of you are at Bangor Worldwide Missionary Conventions right on our doorsteps, so we don't often bother. <laughs> it's always a way, isn't it? Uh, amazing stories just to meet a guy from uh, Nigeria who's got a bounty on his head because he's a Christian 100 pounds doesn't sound much to us Nigeria it's a lot of money Iraq, Iran Christians reaching out sharing the gospel seeing God at work there's nothing as exciting as that is there Let's pray together for a wee moment. So I wonder what God's doing in your life, my life, our lives. what he's going to do in your life this morning as we worship. When are you going to hear his voice?
wonder, are you going to go out through those doors different to the way that you came in? I wonder, can we make a difference in this area, Ballycrock? Bangor. I want to pray for our children, grandchildren, starting back to school. I want to pray for our teachers, our classroom assistants. It's never easy. I want to thank God for Christian teachers who are seeking to be salt and light and who are seeking to love our children. Would you pray? Would you pray for those children? Would you pray for those teachers, those classroom assistants, those administrative staff and schools? Come, Holy Spirit. Just come, and we're just so thankful for Kilmean next door, Bally McGee. So thankful for the teachers there and all that they pour into our children and grandchildren. So thankful for our secondary schools here in Bangor. Father, would you work in our children, our teenagers? So many of them are struggling with anxiety. So many of them are looking for hope. Just Jesus, all of them need you. We long for this room to be filled again with the noise of happy children and teenagers. Come to know you as Savior and Lord. And then living it out in their schools. Thank you for the church and for Christian people in Iran, Iraq, Nigeria, so many countries in the world. Bold, taking steps, stepping out over the side of the boat, taking risks, following you, hearing your voice, come, come, follow me. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to read the Bible. Ben, our community outreach worker, is going to come and he's going to read Matthew 14, uh, verses 22 to 36, so the story uh, that we're looking at today. So. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boats and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside to pray by himself. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, <clears throat> and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men in that place recognised Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. This is God's word. Super. It's just amazing, isn't it?
Thank you, Ben. Just obviously he's trying to get to know you, and, and we're all just faces to you, Ben, at the minute, aren't we? And uh, just takes time, so make sure you speak to Ben and and just uh, make yourself known. I know I'm meeting some of you, and then next week I'm standing Linda. What do you call that wee lady? I can't remember. <laughs> so it's uh, it's always <laughs> and when we worship and hear his love fast as the oceans, a lovely hymn of it's a revival hymn from the Welsh revival in 1904. Amazing uh, words. Let's stand. Let's worship. PowerPoint, maybe come up for us yet. Don't settle for safe when Jesus is inviting you to step out in faith. I, I don't know about you, but by nature I'm, I'm a kind of cautious type. I'm no good at, at taking risks, you know. Uh, Linda and I pray scr Scrabble every night, and she's so good at taking risks and going near those, you know, that red square that gives you extra points. Yeah, I'm, I'm a real voice, so I don't do that. I don't take those kind of risks. And I have to really push myself. Like, I think that's true uh, for us as individuals. It's true for us as churches. The biggest te temptation, I think, for me as a Christian, for us as Christians, is that we want to settle for a Christian life that reasonably safe, reasonably comfortable, nothing that stretches us too much, nothing that demands too much from us. And as I get older, that temptation only gets stronger. I, I don't know, can you identify with that at all? Like, imagine if you were one of those 12 disciples in that boat uh, that night, and Jesus invited Peter to step over the side in faith. Like, what would you have been thinking? Like, what would have been going on in, in your mind? For me, I'd be thinking, well, thank goodness it was Peter. <laughs> you know, thank goodness it was him. There's no way I'd have done that. No way. No way. Uh, and yet, I, I want to say this to you. Um, um, what I want to say to you, of course, I can't read it. No, I don't say it for a safe when Jesus is inviting you to step out in faith. Don't settle for less when Jesus is inviting you uh, to, um, and to more. And don't settle for safe when Jesus is inviting you into a life of faith. And don't settle for comfortable when Jesus is inviting you into adventures. Because if you do, you, you, you'll um, Spend the last rest of eternity regretting that you didn't take more risks. Either as individuals or, or as a church community in, in Ballycrocken. You know, I was converted to Christ at 18 years of age. I, I think I could honestly say to you that I've always tried to follow Jesus wherever he's led me. 
I've never found it easy to step out and take risks. You know, so many times I, I just wish I was a spiritual version of Bear Grylls, you know. Like he's such an adventurer, isn't it? Like he's so strong, so brave, so courageous. He would attempt anything. He would face anybody. But that's not me, unfortunately. Every, for me, every time I attempt something uh, for Jesus that, that stretches me, all I seem to feel inside is empty and weak and hollow, and, and inside I'm despairing. But do you know the good thing when you read the, the Bible heroes, that you find time and time again that they're exactly like me? That, that weakness is never a hindrance in the kingdom of God. In fact, honestly, it's a prerequisite. If you want to enter the kingdom of God, if you want to become a Christian, it starts with this admission of failure. God, I can't do this. I need help. I need you. I need a savior. But it's not only the start of our, our lives as Christians. We need help every single day. Of, of course we're weak, of course we're empty, of course we're hollow, of course we're sinful. That's no surprise to God. He isn't for one minute shocked by that in my life. And so I'm learning not to let my weaknesses, my failures drive me to despair, which is where they often drive me, or, or drive a wedge of guilt and failure in between me and God. And instead, I'm learning to let my struggles and my weaknesses drive me into the loving arms of Jesus, just like Peter does here as he begins to sink in the water. He cries out for those loving arms of Jesus. And Peter and Jesus, arm in arm, make their way back across the waves to the boat. Like, think about it. Like, what intimacy with Jesus. Like what awesome moments are these in Peter's life? Like what stories would he have told for the rest of the li his life about the night that he spent walking on the water and the arms of Jesus? Can I say this to you lovingly? As Christians, I don't take enough risks. As churches, we don't take enough risks. And we're afraid. We're afraid of failure. We're afraid it's not going to work. So we don't try it. But f somebody said failure is not final in the Christian life. My, I used to work in West Church, and, and, and my boss, David Bailey, was just the most incredible man I have ever come across. And he used to say to me, better to have tried and failed than not to have tried at all. And think about it. There were 11 disciples in that boat who didn't even try. Who sat there and thought, don't do it, Peter. Peter, don't do it. Don't step out over the side. Peter, this is not going to work. Peter, it's not going to work. Peter, this is not Presbyterian. This is not Presbyterian to do this. Are you like one of those 11? You know, we need to learn to say to Jesus, Jesus, I'm nothing without you, but I'm everything with you, and I have everything I need with you. And so I'm not going to play safe and comfortable with the rest of my Christian life. I'm going to take risks this week, and I'm going to follow you wherever you lead me, Jesus, and I will do whatever you ask me to do. Like as I said, I would love to be a turbocharged Christian who feels incredibly strong, who feels, you know, the kind of person who would attempt anything for God, who would be like Asram in that story. But I'm not, and I presume that maybe you're not either. But we don't need to be strong. We don't need to be powerful. We don't need to be brilliant. We don't need to feel power inside us before we step out over the side of the boat and respond to Jesus' invitation. But we do need to. We do need to be willing to risk failure and step out in faith and obey Jesus when he says to us, come. Come and do whatever I ask of you this week. Come and make a difference in this area this week. Now, honestly, it doesn't take great faith to sit in a wooden boat and watch somebody else do it, does it? 
doesn't take great faith to sit in a church seat on a Sunday morning. Doesn't even take great faith to stand up here in a pulpit and, and preach. But as soon as Peter risks failure and steps out over the side of that boat, he now desperately needs to put his whole faith and trust in Jesus. And he desperately needs to trust God and God's promises. Promises like this. And my grace is sufficient for you. And my power is made perfect in your weakness. Like, I love that. Like when we're at our weakest, God is at his strongest. The weaker I am, get the stronger God seems to be. And that's why we need to get our eyes off the winds and off the waves. We need to stop looking down and looking inside at how weak and how empty we feel. And we need to look by faith, look up and look out to God and get our eyes fixed on Jesus. If we're ever going to walk on water, if we're ever going to attempt something for God in this area. Because faith is trusting God. Faith is fixing my eyes upon Jesus. Faith is reminding myself that in all my weakness and struggles, it's not about me. It's never about me. It's about Jesus. It's, it's about who he is. Who God is. He is the Lord. is God in heaven above and on earth below. There is no other. It's about how good God is. Give thanks to the Lord. He is good. It's about how great God is. For the Lord is a great God, the great king above all gods. It's about his faithful promises. Not one of all the Lord's good promises failed. Every one was fulfilled. It's about his unfailing love for you. For great is his love reaching to the heavens. And of course... And Peter does stumble in the water because he's just like you and me. But as I said, he enjoys moments of intimacy with Jesus in the water, in the struggle, in the battle. Like, you know, how often have you and I experienced intimacy with Jesus in the tough times? And those 11 disciples who opted um, for the safe and the comfortable, they miss out because they settled for safe. When Jesus' invitation was to step out over uh, the boat and, and step out in faith. Let me ask you, are you missing out on something in your Christian life? Like, are you missing out on what it really means to follow Jesus? Like, what steps might Jesus be inviting you to take this week with your family, your friends, your work colleagues? Like, what opportunities might you take as a church in this community that maybe you're stalling on or holding back on or are nervous about doing because you're looking at the wind and the waves? You're thinking about what could go wrong or what mightn't work. And all the time God has sent you, take your eyes off the winds and the waves and the distractions and gaze by faith on me and remind yourself how good I am, how great I am, my faithful promises, my unfailing love. Can, can I finish just by saying this to you? The, the people of Bangor desperately need Jesus. Desperately need Jesus. But more than that, they need a church full of Jesus followers who would be willing to risk failure, who'd be willing to step out in faith, who would be willing to move away from the comfortable, the safe, the conventional, and bring Jesus to them. Not just Mark, not just Ben, but everyone. Everyone. Every day, everywhere, loving Jesus, shining Jesus, sharing Jesus, spreading the gospel, the good news of Jesus, wherever you go. Because that's what's going to impact this time, this city. That's what's going to impact this area. That's what's going to impact your neighbours, your friends, your family, everyone, every day, everywhere. 
loving Jesus, sharing Jesus, sharing Jesus, spreading Jesus. What kind of Jesus follower do you want to be? What kind of church do you want us to be? Who do you most identify with in the story of the 12 disciples? Who are you most like this morning? The 11 disciples who sat in the boat reasonably safe, reasonably comfortable, or the one disciple who risked failure, heard the invitation of Jesus, felt fragile and fearful, and still stepped. So the big question I have for you is, what's God saying to you this morning? And what are you going to do about it? Let's just take a wee moment, of, uh, a few wee moments of quietness. I, I just love at the end of the talk just to um, uh, just Give wee moments of quietness and just invite the Holy Spirit just to press into your hearts, you know, some of the things that hopefully he's been saying to us. I'd love you to hear Jesus speaking to you. I'd love you to get a sense that he's wrestling in your heart with something. So let's just take wee moments of quietness and prayer. Spirit, would you come? Would you just move amongst us? Would you just keep pressing into our hearts the things that you've been saying to us throughout the service? Do you know if you've never given your life to Christ, I'd love you to do that today. If God has been speaking to you, if Jesus has been working in your life and you've been thinking about it, I'd love you to take a step and just say, God, I just need you. I need a Savior. I, I ask you to come into my life. I, I turn from everything I know to be wrong and I just surrender my life to you. Would you come in? Change me. Forgive me. Transform me from the inside out. And I'd love you, you know, if, if you are a Christian and you have been following Jesus and, and yet, you, you know, you, you've been going through a, a, a patch that's been really difficult. It's like the winds and the waves have just kind of been overwhelming you and there's a sense almost of doubt and flooding you. And, and you know, you've had such longings to follow Jesus. You've had such longings for um, this area, for your family or whatever. And, and yet, you know, he just it's been difficult and, and you've lost a bit of hope. Holy Spirit, would you just speak and would you just lift and take some people by the hand and just say to them, it's okay, it's okay, I'm here. We can walk back to the boat together. I'll hold you. I'll strengthen you. I'm at work. Holy Spirit, just come and do amongst us whatever you want to do this morning and just take us out through these doors so that wherever we go this week, we just carry Jesus with us.
In your name we pray. Amen. I always love to pray with people and I'll go to the door but you know if you'd love me to pray with you I'll come back up here again and it doesn't have to be for anything big it can be something very small or if there's you know stuff going in in your heart or I'd love to pray for healing so if anybody wants me to do that I'd love to do that so just want to finish by um, singing together to come up and video, but I think it's a hymn that you would know Jesus all for Jesus, all I have and am and ever hope to be. Yeah. Do you know that hymn? Yeah. Okay, super, let's stand, let's worship.
wisdom, the freest places in uh, where Jesus wants you to be. So uh, just those are a couple of books there, and there are a couple of EM booklets for anybody who, you know, wants to find out how do you become a follower of Jesus, or you can pass it on to your friends. Here's two prayers just to finish with. Can we pray this together? And this one's just about just going out and living authentically. We're not perfect. We're far from perfect. We're full of imperfections. But we want to live authentically. So after three, one, two, three, Lord, help me to go out through these doors and in the strength of your spirit to live authentically for you this week. And then let's um, bless one another uh, with the grace. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Super, have we seen chat to each other and, and uh, have a sweet come up and have a sweet at the end if you want. <laughs>